0: The Business and Leadership Podcast with Jared Graville. Hey guys, welcome back to the Business and Leadership Podcast. This is your host Jared Graville, and if you're tuning in for the first time, I'm grateful to have you as part of the audience. And of course, if you've checked out some of the recent podcasts, I really appreciate you continuing to listen. Uh, I started this thing out by just the desire to create short, educational, actionable content um, for leaders all over the world to apply to their lives and to grow on a regular basis. And so if that's what this show does for you, I'm extremely happy about that. And I'd love it if you took a second um, and shared the podcast with a friend or a coworker, um, And if you scroll down to the bottom and left the podcast a review, that's one of the greatest ways that people find new podcasts. It helps podcasts grow in their uh, search engine optimization. Um, but now that that's out of the way, uh, we're going to dive right into this episode. This is going to be a little uh, more abstract than normal, um, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, today's episode is called The Value of Serendipity in Business and in Innovation. So we have to kick it off with, you know, what is serendipity? Uh, one, it's it's obviously a very weird word to me. Um, you don't hear it very often. But what it really is, is a fortunate happenstance, divine intervention, or more plainly, the occurrence and development of events by chance in a happy or beneficial way. So it's basically a random event that benefits you. Um, And so what is serendipity's value in business? That's the real question. So serendipity helps you create unplanned and unintended but remarkable innovative value by taking advantage of unanticipated, unexpected, and unsought information and make accidental discoveries. Um, Serendipity is kind of the idea of being in the right place at the right time and meeting the right person and having the right idea. Um, In the world of advertising, uh, technology, and science, CEOs literally spend millions of dollars each year designing and building environments at their headquarters to increase the likelihood of serendipitous moments spend any time in offices at Google, Facebook, or Apple, and you'll notice how they've strategically orchestrated the potential for chance encounters and ultimately the likelihood of the next big thing to be produced through a conversation between coworkers. So here's a really radical example. Um, I want you to lean in because this can kind of blow your mind a little bit if you follow it. Um, in 1998, Peter Thiel gave a lecture at Stanford. And he ended up meeting one of the people who sat through the lecture, who was an, a Ukrainian immigrant named Max Levkin. Levkin wasn't a student. He was sitting in the lecture as an aspiring entrepreneur who was visiting from Illinois. The next day, the two met and they talked about a business opportunity over smoothies. In 2002, four years later, they sold that business to eBay for $1.5 billion. The business that they created and that they talked about over smoothies was PayPal. And it made Peter Thiel, it made Max Leverkin, and it made a few others like Elon Musk and Reid Hoffman, who started LinkedIn, very wealthy. So two years after that, so in 2004, a 20-year-old Mark Zuckerberg was spending the summer in Palo Alto with his friends. He's writing code for Facebook and he's partying like crazy. One day, while Zuck and his friends are exploring the neighborhood, they ran into Sean Parker, Sean Parker is the one who co-founded Napster, the music sharing service. If you're a millennial, you'll know what that is. Sean was staying in Palo Alto at his girlfriend's parents' place. So within a week, Sean and Mark became close friends. Sean moved into the house with the Facebook group. And by the end of that summer, Sean introduced Mark Zuckerberg to Peter Thiel, who was the first investor and gave them $500,000. From that group that built and sold PayPal, And this unlikely encounter with Mark and Sean, these people have gone on to create Facebook, YouTube, Tesla, SpaceX, Yelp, and LinkedIn. I mean, just imagine a world without Facebook, YouTube, Tesla, SpaceX, Yelp, and LinkedIn, and all the products that they create. And so that is literally the most radical example of serendipity that I could find. Um, There's a couple of other examples like Howard Schultz and the Starbucks story. You'll have to look that up. Uh, Dietrich Mateschitz and the Red Bull story. He's the co-founder of Red Bull. And uh, two guys named Todd and JP who started La Colombe Coffee, which if you're a coffee fan, you might know what that is. Um, So aside from the possibility of creating a multi-billion dollar business, what are some more practical benefits of serendipity? I've got three for you. They're very simple. One is to solve more problems. Another is to discover more opportunities. And the third is to generate more ideas. Now, the key word here is being, uh, quote unquote, more. In every business, your responsibility is to solve problems, discover opportunities, and generate ideas. You won't have a viable business for very long if you aren't consistently doing those three things. However, by taking advantage of the serendipity moments or the serendipitous phenomena, you'll create more. And in these three cases, more is always better. So how do we encounter serendipitous moments if offices all over the world are forced into having their teams work remotely? And that was really the inspiration for this teaching today is that the value of serendipity is clearly there when you, when you do your research and you look for it. But how do we fabricate serendipitous moments in a world where most people are working remote? So Here's a few steps to encountering more serendipity. The first thing is you have to look for it. Once you recognize its value, you have to look for it. By being more open-minded and aware of your surroundings, you'll inevitably encounter more serendipity. For example, have you ever started uh, maybe looking for a car that you want to buy and all of a sudden you see that car everywhere? Well, that's called frequency bias. Those cars didn't just start popping up. You just never knew to look for them before. So, the same thing applies to serendipity. So, what do you do? You have to be intentional about the opportunity of encountering serendipity and look for it wherever you can. The second thing is be out and about. Now, I know this is complicated right now. Uh, I'm recording this on July 30th, 2020. We are enduring the second wave of COVID in the States. And so, Um, Being out and about can be complicated based off where you're at. However, I think that you can still be creative and uh, we are social creatures. So finding a way to be out and about is the goal. So just because you're allowed to work from home doesn't mean you should do that 24-7. You've got to get out. Go to different coffee shops around town, try a new gym or fitness studio, or go for an occasional walk on the beach or at the park, or attend any events that you can, even if you got a face mask on. Uh, you know, my earlier example, La Colombe, um, the coffee company I mentioned, has grown to be one of the largest coffee distributors in the world, and it started from a social event. About 30 years ago, the two founders, JP and Todd, they met while grabbing a drink at a grunge concert. Uh, it's a long story. You'll have to read about it. But again, that would have never happened, and they would never be living their dream right now if they weren't out and about. And the third thing is you have to create Connections. Once you start finding ways to get out and be around people, you have to make a conscious effort to actually meet them. I'm not exactly sure how Zuckerberg met Sean Parker, but one of them had to step outside of their comfort zone and introduce themselves. And because of that connection, good or bad, we have basically all the social networks that most of us spend our time on, that we're probably building our small businesses on and that we're probably connecting with all of our new friends over the past couple of years. So if you're still nervous about in-person interactions, try virtual events. You'll have to Google that term if you want more info, but apps like Facebook groups, Eventbrite, an app called Hopin are all great avenues for joining online gatherings. So what do you do? You make a goal for yourself to meet one person a day. Even though that's a small goal, it still might be intimidating for you. But much like the frequency bias example I mentioned above or before, once you make a commitment to meet new people, the opportunities will just begin to present themselves. I literally uh, just met a guy at the coffee shop while I was writing this. His name is Corey, and he is a furloughed airline pilot for United Express. Right, So it's, it's literally that easy. Even if you're head down in a computer writing uh, notes for a podcast, you are bound to meet somebody. So the fourth thing is you have to diversify your focus. A few of the radical examples of serendipity that I came across were from people learning about something completely irrelevant to their primary interests. For example, Steve Jobs, the creator of Apple, audited a calligraphy class in college, which he later credited to be the inspiration for Apple's beautiful typography, right? So what do you do? Consider reading a fiction book, maybe instead of a nonfiction next time, or try watching a documentary whenever you normally watch action films. Choose to engage in an activity that you'll most likely enjoy, but it's much different than what you're used to doing, right? So if you're always playing basketball with the fellas, Every Thursday night, maybe go try playing volleyball. I don't know. Just find something that you know that you'd enjoy, but you haven't tried yet, so you can diversify your focus. The fifth thing is be flexible. You have to be spontaneous. You got to travel. Book a staycation somewhere. Eat at a new restaurant. Be comfortable with a change of plans. And just don't use the pandemic as an excuse for unnecessary rigidity. Um, In 1983, Howard Schultz went to Milan, to attend a work event. And Howard Schultz is the, the founder of the Starbucks that we know today. And eventually he decided to take a break and grab a coffee from a local cafe in Milan to see what the city had to offer. While he was there drinking his latte, he noticed that people weren't packing out this coffee shop because of the coffee. It was because of the community experience. And that experience changed the trajectory of Starbucks forever, but it was his flexible agenda that day that got him there. So you got to be flexible. The sixth thing is you have to be passionate about a cause. Simply said, you have to care about something and you have to regularly be in pursuit of making a better world for others. When Steve Jobs was asked about why he started Apple, he said, basically, Steve Wozniak and I invented the Apple because we wanted a personal computer. Not only couldn't we afford the computers that were on the market, those computers were just too impractical for us to use. We needed a Volkswagen quote unquote. So you see back then, everybody uh, didn't have computers in their homes like we do now. Imagine that. So Jobs and Wozniak invented the Mac with the mission of putting a computer in people's homes across the world. They were fixing a problem that they were passionate about and look how far that's gone for us. So what do you do? Take the time to consider the things that you're passionate about. What problems in the world would you like to solve? It can be big, like world hunger. Or it could be smaller, like creating an excuse-free opportunity for people to eat healthy by starting the first fully customizable meal prep company. Shameless plug, Superfit Foods. So the seventh thing is talk about yourself. Uh, If you've got something valuable to offer the world, people need to know. Now, this particular point probably makes most people feel uncomfortable, um, but I think that's because most of us don't know how to properly look at self-promotion. There is usually a clear distinction between arrogance and confidence, but in a world with so many talented people, how will anyone know what you're capable of unless you risk muddying those waters? The key is to find out how to graciously, confidently, and consistently approach healthy self-promotion. Kanye West said it best, quote unquote, well, I got to cheer for me before anyone else can cheer for me. (laughs) So what do we do? Leverage social media and put your talents on display. Use your platform to talk about how far you've come, uh, because we're all in some type of growth journey, and your story is bound to inspire a number of people. Stop thinking about inspiring millions and start thinking about inspiring five to ten people at first. Speak up during the next meeting when you've got a great idea. Share your results with your audience. Become an expert in your field and begin to teach others what you know. So the case has been made for the value of serendipity in business and in life, And some of the ways for pursuing it have been laid out for you step by step. Now, all you have to do is start looking for it. Again, the ways uh, that we can encounter serendipitous moments, just a quick review for everyone. One, look for it. Two, be out and about. Three, create connections. Four, diversify your focus. Five, be flexible. Six, be passionate about a cause. And seven, talk about yourself. I hope today's teaching has uh, inspired you at the very least, but I hope it's motivated you to take action in your life. And again, if you've enjoyed the episode, if it's provided any value to your life, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. It's at Jared Axel Grabiel. I'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you've got any ideas um, or anything you'd like to learn about next. And again, if you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to leave a review, share it with a friend. And until next time, have an awesome day and God bless.